0: I don't like anymore. Nope. You liked me yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't like anymore. Alright.
1: Are we recording? Yes, we are. We're live. Okay. It's Let's so do good. This. Go ahead.
2: Fermented oh, folks.
0: Hello, fermented folks. For the first time of the new season, Clayton and I are in the same room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Will we tell you the location of this room? No. Because that would be um, probably bad for me. So <laughs> we're not going to tell you where we are, but it's great. It's a great room. Um, I love a room. room. My goodness. A lot of room. But uh, we're bringing Fermented Fiction in live together in the same room with our friends Jeremy and Colin, still on the West Coast shores uh, streaming. Um, we got a good show for you today. We're going to talk about a wonderful movie. What are we talking about, Claire?
1: We're going to talk about a movie that did real well at the Academy Awards. Uh, we're going to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once.
0: Swept the Academy Awards. Swept them. Swept them. Just absolute sweep, job. Gonna get in some controversy, maybe. My one goodness. of us. One of us has to argue against it, so one of us is going to be fighting those Academy Award. True chains. Yeah, true chains. One of them um, might mean it. One of one us might Might mean it. Who knows? Um, but before we do that, how about a check-in, Clay? What you been up to?
1: Well, I've been up to uh, kind of the same old stuff. Um, just always working on, you know, my writing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to do. I guess my biggest update right now. So, I don't know if you guys know uh, Newsletter Ninja. It's, uh, it's a book about making an awesome newsletter. Uh, there's a newsletter, Ninja 2, as well, by Tam, uh, Tammy LeBroque. She is really awesome. She's a master of the newsletter. Um, she's pretty much made her living off. I mean, she's an indie author as well, very mm-hmm. successful indie author. But she's also, like, made her living off uh, just an amazing newsletter. Um, so I've been taking some of her classes called Newsletter Ninja, read both the books. And uh, she's really awesome because once you take, like, a class or two and you get in her newsletter, like, I mean, there's a reason she is who she is, which is, like, a newsletter guru. Mm-hmm. Um but once you get into her newsletter like you are constantly getting just amazing resources on improving your own newsletter it's really helped me out um, So I moved like newsletter providers I moved over to mailer light and I'm learning how to do onboarding sequences with automations um, and that's really awesome because I finally got them to work So now I have uh, like hell a oh yeah, yeah <laughs> so now I have like a, a, a four a four email newsletter onboarding sequence. When you join my newsletter, I don't have to send those emails out. But I have them all pre-written. I have, like, some free stuff that people get. So it feels really good to, like, now I know, like, when people sign up to my newsletter, I got, like, eight new followers just this week. So, I'm like, I'm super stoked because all eight of those people got, like, my whole onboarding sequence, and I can watch it, and I know it's working, and it feels really good. So that's, that's my big update is I'm figuring out how to do newsletters less like a doofus.
0: All right. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah. As for my updates, um, I'm officially changing jobs and locations. Heyo. Uh, it'll be announced probably by the time this episode is published that I'm leaving my job at the University of Providence. No hard feelings towards that institution. Wonderful institution. Um, definitely, if you are a college hopeful listening to this podcast, consider them as a college. I am moving for personal reasons. Um, moving in with, hopefully, fingers crossed. Moving in with my girlfriend if we can get a housing situation figured out, mm-hmm. and start a job in Bozeman, Montana.
2: So Bozeman,
1: Bozeman, Boz Angeles. Bozo. We should, we should, for the record, state that three quarters of this podcast did attend the University of Providence. So we can't like hate on it.
0: No, much. we can't.
1: <laughs> no. I, love, I, yeah,
3: oh, can I love. Yeah, I love if anything, um, we can more. Or we need more. I mean, you can
1: go both ways with that. But Jeremy, we had a good time.
3: Yeah. I had a good time. We wrote a it song a about them. We did. With the un- UBT. for their Uncommon Courage.
0: UBT. <laughs> University U-B-T. of Target UBT.
1: I forgot about Uncommon Courage. Um, and that's a good thing. But no. Good yeah. update. Yeah.
0: I'm leaving there, And I'm going somewhere new, but no hard feelings.
1: It was a great, it's a great school.
0: I had a great time this year of work. It's just, uh, life is pulling me somewhere else. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And now, people from the University
3: of Providence are allowed to watch the show. Yeah. 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 So, yep. think about it. That's like six or seven more people that could be watching
0: now. <laughs> At least. Yeah, that's just the ones that are in housing, you know. Right. Six or six or seven on campus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: All right. We're going to get to everything, everywhere, all at once. But before we do that, before we start Forced controlment, which do we have to still explain the rules of Forced Entralment? I mean, I feel like... Well,
1: you never know when people are new. It's, it's pretty true. easy to explain. Low roll, go and tack it. High roll, go and defend it. Doesn't matter what we actually think. We're going to roll two D20s when I refer to roll. That's what I mean. <laughs> Let's do it.
0: Yeah, But, before we do that, I want Uh, to explain everything everywhere all at once as much as one can explain that movie.
1: uh, I would like to add this. Just as a general rule, we should also say this every time we do a podcast. I've been thinking about this lately. We don't do it enough. There will be spoiler alerts. Major ones. Like, if you haven't watched this movie and you want to, do that first and then come back. Because... We spoil everything we talk about. This show is designed to be to be listened to after you two have watched the thing and developed your own opinion of the thing. Unless you're like my wife, meaning you're a psychopath, who thinks <laughs> that spoilers make movies better. Um It's okay. Like, it's okay to be wrong. Um, If you're one of those people out there that's wrong, that's cool. But, like, just know that unless you're one of those psychopaths, then you should go watch the thing first and then come back and
2: listen to the show. Or or say in the comments below that you want a non-plot spoiler version of this show. We'll force Jeremy to edit the entire episode... (laughs) with all these little spoiler bot things, stickers, emojis over our faces and stuff anytime we plot spoil something. I
1: think that's a you know, if, if you, if you want that,
2: put it in the comments and we will force Jeremy to do it. Yeah, I think oh, we Hell yeah, just... we don't post have to change the... our lives. We don't have to change
1: your life and only Jeremy gets f***ed over and yeah. he gives a s- It's just all like all we crazy. won't let him talk right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank exactly. you, Colin.
3: I'll probably just <laughs> post <laughs> the, the update and then
1: that's the, the your end of the episode. Over Jeremy, yes. Ford. Everybody, just, it. yeah, everybody just yeah. It's just
2: this part, and then just the end. It's yep. ten minutes for the whole episode. Yeah, yep. in space, let's rock, baby. Yeah. Right. Space, in space. So,
0: <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once is about a couple who run a laundromat, um, oh, yeah. and. <laughs>
2: It's a hard. It's a hard movie to like. I was waiting how long in the summary you it's would have to. Hard to be like, also, it's hard to explain. It's
0: such a hard movie to give a summary for without. I don't know. You made so it
2: six it, seconds.
0: It's about a couple who runs runs a laundromat, and one of them figures out that there's a multiverse, and that if she doesn't do something about the multiverse, it's gonna like implode and end the whole world, mm-hmm. and also their daughters involved. That's the summary.
1: Yeah. Sure. That'll do it. I would argue it's about the mother and the daughter. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. But that's like plot. Yeah. Basically, it's a family having trouble being a family. With a multiverse world.
0: Yeah, there's also you that. There's a uh, to do with it. Okay. Yeah, in fact, I think you did a better
2: <laughs> job <laughs> than IMDB here, which is like... When an interdimensional rupture unravels reality, an unlucky hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers in the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs about. Yeah, no. I mean, that's, that's not not, wrong. No. That's actually, my, not your, right. your summary was much better. I did better. If <laughs> you start the summary of this movie with an interdimensional rupture, you've already missed the point. Yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely. Yeah. All right. So Clayton and I are going to roll. We're using the same phone. Dice because I forgot my physical dice to roll. That so you want rock paper scissors for who rolls first?
2: Random number generator time. Oh my god, a game, a game for the game. You got a seventeen, people. Seventeen. Oh, you got a seventeen. Yeah. See it there. Yeah, That's yep. pretty good. Yeah, but what class are you playing though?
0: Yeah, uh, we are using my character Dalton Stallus. Who is a human gunslinger?
2: Also known as Dallas. Oh.
1: Also known as Dallas.
0: All right. Beautiful.
1: I got a Nat 20. <laughs> oh,
0: snap. Okay.
3: Oh, that's going right
2: to mess 20. with the stats for sure. Yeah. How many Nat 20s have we had? How many times has Travis won? I
1: don't know. Not without the computer's help. <laughs> All right. I, think I got I'm doing these days. This We're is some of everything the bagel yeah. shit going on. Yeah. Everything I mean, bagel uh, caused it. No, a defender always goes first.
0: Yeah, the the Defender? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Come and on, Brad.
1: Time. You've yeah. acted yeah. you like you've been here years. before.
0: All right, you ready with the timer, Jeremy?
3: Hey. Give me know. the thumbs up. Oh, yeah, I will, you know? So let's uh, let's do this up, thing. Man. Let's have but some it, um, good old fashioned. We're going to have a rumble in person. My goodness. You're the punching gloves. Oh, There's some universe sending <laughs> shenanigans in three, two,
0: one. Yeah. Go. All right. So there's a reason this movie swept the Academy Awards. The performances, top notch. The cinematography, top notch. Um, the general plotline, though I will say it is pretty simple, it benefits from being simple. It is a movie about family and about keeping a family together that it sets itself in kind of an incredibly sci fi centric crazy interdimensional travel world but it keeps itself with a with a really solid heart and i love when a plot does that when it says okay we're gonna make this wild wacky premise but our plot and our point is going to be basic and that basic plot and point is sometimes we get caught up in the monotony monotony of life and we think that it's a a detriment to our our like well-being and happiness When in all reality, if we just face the things that we have in this world and love, we can realize how much happiness is around us in the current universe we live in, which I think is the beauty of everything everywhere all at once, is that because it sets itself in these extra dimensional crazy universes, it lets you explore on a much more deep level of like, if there were an infinite possibility of realities, would you realize that your reality that you're living has happiness and has a reason to keep going forward? And I think that's what uh, the filmmakers, and I'm I'm DBing it because I always... Daniels. You. Yes, the they're The Daniels, thank you. I forget names constantly. I think that's what the Daniels were really going for, is like let the audience realize that if they just take a second to actually analyze and think about the reality they live in they'll realize there's some happiness and love in it um and they do that through this wacky sci-fi plot but i think the script is phenomenal it has one of my favorite romantic lines in recent cinema memory and that is the um daniel daquan i think that's his name right Kwan, sorry, hey who sorry k says um in another in another universe I would have loved to just do laundry with you and that is so
1: Laundry attacks Texas.
0: so beautiful um, great line and I think that's where I'm gonna end my like opening statements that I think this when you get a good script, a good concept and a good cast, they all combine into just a, and good directors all four of those elements combined. It makes for a hell of a movie man
1: Man. Yeah. So you know, at a birthday party, when you got a pinata, right? Pinata is a great time. We can all agree on that, right? Like, you've got your wacky, colorful creature, Mm -hmm. and then you got the part where you hit it with sticks, and then you got the part where the candy comes out. And all together as a sequence, that's a wonderful thing, right? But here's what I think about meh. You don't like piñatas, Colin? I'm, I'm
2: no, I just wanted your reaction as a text logo.
1: Yeah, no this uh, this movie is very meh for me. Um, here's why: about seventy five percent of it was pretty much completely unnecessary fluff, pomp, frills, and I, I completely, completely believe that now. There's first of all there's really nothing new about this concept for it to sweep the Academy Awards like the way it did kind of blows my mind actually there are a lot of good other movies on the slate Um, and I don't quite understand why this movie was so overhyped. I think that it had some great performances, Um, it had some great sequences, it had some cool ideas but like nothing Rick and Morty hasn't done. Nothing. Hitchhikers Guide to the Galaxy didn't already do like nothing new. None of this interdimensional Rick and is new. Like literally, Rick and Morty did this movie already in his episode where Jerry was the star of uh, what 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 movie was Jeremy a star of? Uh, I don't
0: want Rick and Morty much.
1: Ah, uh, well. <laughs> Rick and Morty already did this movie basically is what I'm trying to say um, I don't remember the episode but Jerry is the star of a movie and basically it's that whole thing where like if I would have made one different decision I would have been a famous movie star but I still would have met my wife she was at the premiere and blah 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 it literally it's a Rick and Morty episode people I'll find out which one but it, it's a thing I'll put it in the comments here's the whole thing though like nothing new about this movie first of all second of all like, if you just watch the beginning and you get that conflict between the, the family, the mother, the daughter, that's what the whole movie is like trying to be about. But they cram it full of all this gratuitous action sequences, like completely over the top, absolutely bonkers, like absurdity uh fight scenes and like graphics and like crazy confetti people exploding into confetti and swords turning into dildos and like all these things and I'm like sure whatever it, it it was very gratuitous to me it seemed like like I get the absurdity of the concept Uh just from you explaining it to me I don't need swords turning into dildos but that was kind of like what the whole movie was it was just way over the top for my taste. Um, And I felt like, honestly, I could have fallen asleep from basically when the daughter gets introduced as the villain, once we know that, and then you can skip the entire middle of the movie, and then you can just cut to the ending, when the mother and daughter have a great heart-to-heart. And the movie's like, hey, in case you didn't understand the whole movie, this is what it was about. Let's give you a little monologue about it, explaining it, because obviously you didn't understand it. Um, which to me also felt like talking down to your viewers. Frankly, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> that's the, the, the entire like the last like dialogue between the daughter and the mother. I thought it was beautiful, um, but it was like comprehensible in this slurry of bullshit that the rest of the movie threw in our faces the entire time. And then they were I, honestly, I felt like they were like, hey, just in case you didn't follow all of that. Shit, that we just made you sit through for two hours? Like, this is what we meant by all that. Oh, okay. And and basically, that's what I thought. I thought at the beginning, nice, sentimental dialogue, family dynamics get established. At the end, nice, sentimental dialogue, family dynamics and character arcs get, like, concluded. But like everything in between, like, I don't know, like 90% of it could have just not even been there. It was, like, very gratuitous, very over-the-top, absurd, and usually I'm a fan of that, but I don't know, something about this movie's pacing, it was just, like, bonkers for me. It was, like, breakneck all the way through, so there was never, there was no, like, false victory, there was no, like, point where I thought they had failed at everything. I just, I always knew how the movie was going to end, and it did end that way, so, I don't know.
0: I feel like I've been making this argument this entire season of like it's not a bad thing to be predictable as long
1: as but you're all about pacing. and this movie pacing
0: was bomb. No, I think this movie's paced well. I think I think this movie is. If you understand the Daniels, like the Daniels live in that absurdity, and I think it makes it better because here's the thing:
1: absurdity doesn't compensate for the
0: pace. whole constant concept of like the family dynamic and everything is is that a lot of arguments are absurd. Like, yeah. a lot of things you fight about are absurd. They just take that to the umpteenth degree. And I think that's the point of their multi multiversal travel, is like, okay, let's take this to the most extreme, 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 where, like, basically we're going to turn the mother and the daughter into a superhero and a supervillain, and it's absurd and it's ridiculous, and you're going to laugh at it, But, like, at the heart of supervillain superhero is two people who do not understand each other that just need to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the pacing works, is, like, they introduce you to the argument. And then they say, yeah, this looks basic, but, like, think about your own relationships. At the heart of them, they look like basic arguments. I had an argument with my girlfriend the other day where it's, like, I'm... I looked back on it throughout the day and I was like, this is stupid. Why am I frustrated about this? I think that's what the Daniels did is like, they don't understand each other. It's really stupid what they're fighting about and don't agree about. But let's like elevate the hell out of that throughout this entire arc. And then at the end, they're going to come back to the basics and they're going to say, like, okay, yes, this is absurd. Everything doesn't fit in a bagel. We can actually like disagree and still love each other. And I think. I think that's where it's well paced, and I do think it's paced well because there's sprinkles of comedy throughout. So, and again, it knows when to slow down. Um, the reason I think that is, like, yes, it's breakneck paced, but then the rock sequence. I was, I was almost where you were at. Shut up. <laughs> you are the <lead. laughs>
2: Yeah, man, that seems like it went quick.
0: Where the oh, yeah. Not yet. Colin, Jeremy, what? One, two, or three? Two, three. Too. Oh. Well,
2: is that a
3: Guinness?
1: Yes. What I think yeah. that. that is also Somebody. my beer of the week. Somebody. We grab beer from the fridge because I'm in his turf and I surrender myself to the chaos. Right. I'm also in this episode. Just surrender yourself to the chaos and, and let it rest.
3: Surrender. Speaking of surrendering to the chaos, I'll be right back.
2: I'm going to get my beers of the week. Beer of the week. And Colin's going to have all the good
0: ones. We're live, guys. We're live. <laughs> Jeez, geez,
1: Jeez, Go get your beers while we're doing the debate and you're not even in the f***ing show. <laughs> oh, shit. Sure.
0: I think it's good. Oh, sh**. Yes.
1: <laughs> Hudson Whiskey.
3: Look at you. Yeah, man. I'm picking up a bunch of this for my brother's oh, wedding. But, like, yeah. I I said that... Well, I didn't say it. Mostly to myself. That if I... That if we talk about this tonight, then uh, you know, that's, that's what's been fermenting. Corn.
1: Okay. This just makes me want to want do Banshees even more. Banshees. But it doesn't qualify for this game. No, it doesn't. It's not genre fiction. It's not genre fiction at all. So good, though.
0: So good. well we I, I could we're make well. a claim. acclaim. Yeah. I'm good we're, at that. We can talk about Banshees while we're, while waiting, we're waiting
1: for Colin. Banshees yeah. of Sharon was the best Ooh. movie Banshees have been to Sharon's, great. Oh, hey, what up, Colin? Oh, thank you. All right, (laughs) Banshees. And I mean, Jeremy's got whiskey, that fits.
0: Okay, Jeremy, talk about your whiskey, because everybody knows what Guinness is, so we don't have, we have Guinness. Well, this is
3: Hudson Whiskey's New York Bright Lights Big Bourbon Whiskey. All right. uh, Yeah. Time
2: for you to drink 22 ounces of that.
0: In honor of us being four day four days from St. Patty's Day, slancha. Yeah. That
1: yeah. cheers, mates. Slanča.
0: So, Clay. Yeah. What do you actually think? Um, I was oh, largely wait, telling. Wait 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 wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait! Oh, Wait, Segments. Be cool. I'm just. I'm so excited to be in person.
1: This you is. Know. I know. Colin, I'm it happens cartoon. every time. Do you, Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy, you can always just put this part out. You yeah. know. Can <laughs> or I or not? Will I? <laughs> All right, hold on one second. Oh, Colin!
0: Make first, Colin's good. All right. Eventually, back. So anyway, Ben, are in the show.
1: Eventually, be on, be on camera. We can't talk about it on this show because it's not genre fiction, but we can talk about it right here. Anyway. Colin's got. While Colin's
0: it is a brilliant. brilliant
1: Brilliant metaphor.
3: Let, let me watch what? it. I'll finagle a claim. I'll find something that makes it genre fiction. The donkey?
1: It could be. <laughs> no surprise, but, you know, there's it some, is horrific. There's some horrific. There's is, yeah, you oh. know, if you
3: have horror elements. I mean, there's literally, it horror.
1: is about a banshee. Technique, kind of. You can make the argument that just I mean, he literally said, I don't think the banshees call people to see anymore. I think they just watch and enjoy. And you literally have an old lady the whole movie who's like, He's gonna die. He's gonna die. And they do <laughs> that's and she's definitely all banshees water. do like she is the banshee. Because she's that's doing it at a reasonable you do volume. That very strong make argument a and you could.
0: Yeah.
1: What
3: were you saying, Jeremy? I was saying that's what banshees do. Just because she's doing it at a reasonable volume doesn't mean it's not a banshee.
1: That's what I'm saying. But anyway, Colin, yeah, what are some facts? Fermented facts. We're back to Fermented everything.
0: facts. <inaudible> Jeremy, run that transition, baby.
2: Uh, yeah. I need to make a clip of our transitions that we're doing now. Jeremy didn't even tell me he was doing these things. Yeah, no,
3: I didn't. I don't tell anybody anything. I just, you know, stop when somebody says stop
0: You don't tell everybody everything all at once? I tell nobody now to all at any time. <laughs> uh,
2: so, The Daniels, right? This is a film brought to you by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. And they are just affectionately known as The Daniels. And um, swept, let's see, what did this movie, is this movie any good? Well, it won the Academy Award for Best Picture, Academy Award for Best Actress in a Leading Role, and Academy Award for Best Actress in a Supporting Role. And I have to scroll down because it won't even show me all the other awards that it got, which included Golden Globe for Best Actress and uh, Best Breakthrough Performance, Spirit Award. I mean, I could go on and on. It won so many awards.
3: It won Best Return from uh, the Kid from Goonies. So that's good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> absolutely, slew kei hu Kwan's Speech at the Academy Awards for Best Actor in a Sporting Role all over the place. If you haven't seen it, you should just watch that clip, because it's incredible. He's crying. He'll, he'll make you cry, you know? If you need to feel something with your, you know, Clay's heart of stone, of clay, if you will, he just needs to watch that clip, and then he'll understand. Yeah, of movies
1: back. Hey. Uh,
2: so, did basically, it. the uh, film also... the The film swept the awards. Everybody you know, at the uh, at various award committees of all kinds uh, said it was amazing. And it also has a lot of similarities, as Travis referenced, to other films. Uh, The Daniels have done other films um, like Swiss Army Man that uh, when I saw that, I was like, oh, now this is making more sense. Uh, A bunch of other films in that genre. Included would be uh, A24, which comes up a lot. That's the production company of this movie and a bunch of other movies that you've probably heard of as well. Um, So it was very much a collaboration, and the people who worked on it usually worked with those producers and this production company and have uh, quite a history behind them. So it wasn't just sort of a flash-in-the-pan kind of uh, movie. There was a lot of work behind it by a lot of talented people who had tons of experience. Oh, yeah. And that's your Fermented Facts.
3: Woo! That's, fermented Facts. That's some
2: good Thank checks. you, Don. I'll also say there's a bunch of homages to other films that those very actors and actresses have been in as well, uh, and things that influence this movie, too. So things like Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon, things like The Matrix, um, animation and animes that are related and referenced specifically. So there's a lot in it. Oh. Was someone in Ratatouille?
0: Uh, I don't think any of the actors were in Ratatouille, but they talked
3: about
1: it. But I'm Uh, sure Randy
3: Newman
2: voiced the raccoon.
1: Raccoon Raccoonie, Yes, raccoonie, raccoonie, Classic.
3: Absolutely wonderful. My goodness. What are your notes, Jeremy? You have notes. Yes, I do have notes in my traditional this, which feels very appropriate right now. Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So what I've... uh,
3: yeah. Um, well, I guess one note can be uh, like an additional fermented fact. The Daniels also uh, directed the music video for Turn Down for What?
1: If you've ever seen <laughs> I it, did not know
2: that. Where, Are you serious?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, actually. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen this
3: video. I mean you'll probably want to. It has the the whole premise of the music. I mean the video best
2: the best thing to do it is to send it to one another like, in the
3: middle of the night. Get destroyed. Like humbing okay. they break.
1: So But imagine I it. mean having read this song I never felt the need to watch the video.
3: And that's you know, shame on you for that. Don't worry, I'll text it
2: to you at midnight tonight.
3: Yeah.
2: It's really good to just leave running on people's computers. You'll want that. (laughs) Especially if they're at work.
3: So I've got notes. It's great. Uh, First note was just that, you know, this is one of the few films where, like, you know, it's silly on purpose and it's good. And it very much works for everything that's going on. I think... Travis kind of nailed it that the, that the silliness, is a, it's like a friggin' metaphor for how arguments are, like, blown out of proportion until everything's, dumb, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. I think you know, um, ooh, and this also has something that I, this is another note. This also has something that I, really don't think I've seen in any other medium, which is like the actual representation of angsty versus acceptant sort of existentialism, or something Mm. I like to refer to as the infinity paradox, where like, Mm. if you have infinite realities, infinite possibilities, and, you know, the initial uh, response to that is that, you know, nothing matters. Because everything's out there. You're just a tiny speck on a tiny speck, total perspective vortex, so on and so forth. And so, yeah. But then, you know, if you think through that a little bit, you reach the acceptance stage of that, where if nothing matters, that must also mean that everything matters equally, so that the only things that truly matter are the things that matter to you personally
0: and that's pretty all right as a theology nerd uh mahayana buddhism <laughs>
1: yeah
0: Mahanya, mahayana buddhism is, is a big i call it positive nihilism but that's not even close to what it's actually officially referred to as
1: <laughs> no i i refer to it as optimistic nihilism and i i got that from ford prefix like uh, kind of take on the world yeah. like nothing matters and that's a good thing, yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely got that
2: from this for the sure.
0: The closest actual like religious term I've read to that is Mahayana Buddhism. Their whole their whole thing is like all of this is pointless, and that's what's beautiful about it.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. And I guess you know my only other note about this is that yes, it is very Rick and Morty esque. Like there are. Very clear vibes, possibly inspirations of Rick and Morty in this, mm-hmm. but, you know, in a way that's not depressing as balls, which is how Rick likes to play things.
0: Oh, you mean uh,
3: Dan Harmon didn't write it? Yeah, <laughs> go figure.
1: Then <laughs> yeah, them's, them's the notes. Them's the notes. We did it. Good, Good segments solid it's called uh, that rick and morty episode is called rick's d minutes yeah <laughs> and it is the uh yeah it's where jerry's a movie star but it very very similar uh idea there but that is only one of the many dimensions yeah. that our characters in. so i guess it's time for me to talk about what i actually think yep um there's a lot of truth to what i said i do i mean as you guys already know bit of a stickler when it comes to over gratuitous action don't like it like dialogue like words um and so there was a lot of that i feel like a lot of the movie was if there's like three fight scenes in a row for me in any movie that's why i don't like marvel movies i'm like "Eh, okay like i get it like what are the characters actually doing here like yeah you're fighting cool got it and and like the the verse jumping like it's kind of a cool concept and like it really cements that absurdity factor of the movie but i think they spent a little too much time like almost trying to solidify it and this is something i didn't get to in my counterpoint but like they almost tried to make it make sense and when you try to make absurdity make sense obviously that defeats the purpose. So I didn't really like that. How they were like, no, but you have to do this because of this and it's the improbability factor and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you don't have a whole novel to tell that. So just, and I mean, I think they did a pretty decent job of it overall, but I don't know. There, there was some of that seemed a bit gratuitous to me. Gratuitous, a bit of gratuitous fighting scenes and a bit of gratuitous like explaining, but not really explaining a verse jumping. Which kind of annoyed me and I think took up some screen time that it that was a waste of time. Uh, however, I think it was a great metaphor for uh, the absurdity of arguments uh, and how they degenerate into something that nobody really understands. Because almost any time you look back on an argument with like a partner or a loved one, you don't feel good about like where you were angry and where you like made an ass of yourself. You almost always make it to yourself in some form or another. And you're almost always like, why did I, yeah. what's my <laughs> problem?
0: What was, what was the point? And then there's also,
1: you also tend to, you know, be like, why doesn't my partner or my uh, loved one get this thing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, why don't they see eye to eye with me on this? Like, I literally can't comprehend it. And there is a level of that expressed through the medium of this absurd uh sci-fi adventure and uh interdimensional jumping sequences so i thought that was pretty cool um and i do mean what i said though like the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie i thought they did a really good narrative arc thing and the arc was like this instead of like a nice even like loop you know but it, it was all over the place um and I don't necessarily think that was a bad thing. I think it lent itself to the uh, medium really well. But I really did love the ending. Uh, I thought they did a good job of like wrapping up the message. Uh, that was where I was mostly lying, saying that was a bad thing. I thought that was a good thing. I didn't think it was talking down to the audience. I think it was necessary <laughs> uh, because the movie was bonkers and balls to the wall. Um, and that was really fun. Um, and I think it was important that we like Make sure people know, like, oh, but at the end of the day, this is the message. And that's not talking down to people. That's just making sure your message arrives home. Yeah. And tying up a story usually takes some level of that. And I think that's what, like, for example, Snow Crash didn't do. You know? Like, Snow Crash was just like, the book's over. And you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. it's just we're and, Okay. <laughs> um, this, uh, this movie, I think, did a good job of that. Um, yeah. I also think uh, something I would have mentioned if I would have rolled high is that uh, I think it was also a good take on sort of like um, generational misunderstanding that's inherent, like in the new world with social media stuff. Like, it was a really good take on that. Like. The older generation trying to just like cope with the amount of shit that is just constantly being smacked in people's faces. Like when the the daughter first uh, meets her mom in the hallway scene where she kills the cops with the dildos and the confetti snaps and stuff. Um, and she's like, seriously, you're still upset that I'm gay? <laughs> Like we're gonna have to get past that. I just five people because this is gonna get way weirder than (laughs) kid.
0: And then it's like five
3: people, you care that I kissed a lady?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I literally just turned guns to dildos and made somebody into confetti and I brought a pig and like like we're talking about this. And and I do think that all the time with like when I confront or not confront, but like it, it interact with anybody who like still has a problem with that. I'm like, you gotta, we gotta move past that part. Yeah, we gotta. That's like from the 1800s. That that thing, we gotta like, we gotta get past that. There's a lot more happening in the world right now. Uh, we're merging into like a global conglomerate. Um, we gotta like, we gotta figure this shit out. Yeah. um so I thought it was a good uh a, a good example of of those like conflicting generational uh, viewpoints kind of being forced together by by the internet in the modern age so that that that's all I got i uh, overall did did enjoy it
0: I would agree with that I would agree i I agree with everything I said mostly um uh-huh. in the interest of being honest I have two criticisms to this movie I love this movie I think there- it's fantastic Hmm. i think it is an excellent film i agree with everything i said i think the daniels did a really good job of making i also didn't get to talk more about how hilarious that i think it is like the the butt plug scene is <laughs> i have not oh, like laughed out loud in a theater for a long time but the butt plug trophies i was fucking dying dude chikov's
2: butt oh, plugs so chikov's dildos definitely but a the, um, uh,
0: i also okay. didn't get to finish my point about the i think the pacing was good because just at the point when i was starting to think like this is too much action i'm getting bored they threw in the rock scene and the rock, rock scene. the rock scene slowed it down and had us like i didn't like
2: the rock
1: because,
0: scene oh i love the rock you would hey, hey. like we'll get into the rock scene idiot my my two criticisms to this it's movie bad. are my two criticisms for this movie are <laughs> A I don't think I'm going to watch it again. Neither. I <laughs> don't think the rewatchability level is very high. I'm 100% I've am gotten watching point.
3: this movie yeah. again. I'm oh, a I don't
0: think watch you know. it.
1: it's great. Yeah. yeah. B Speed Racer. <laughs> yeah, this is some Speed Racer bull. B and this yeah. is
0: okay, B and this is where I'm going to get into like a rant a bit because this is my oh. primary problem with the Academy Awards. Not only was Jamie Lee Curtis not the best supporting actress of the nominees, so she was the worst supporting actress of the nominees. Of you had Angela Bassett, Terry, Stephanie Hwas, Husa, sorry, I can't pronounce that name, Han Chow. All of them put in better performances than Jamie Lee Curtis. Put that aside, the real best supporting actress of the year, in my opinion, got snubbed, and that is if anyone's watched Women Talking, Jesse Buckley should have won. She was absolutely phenomenal. I'm using this platform to say go watch Women Talking and tell me that Jesse Buckley did not do miles better than Jamie Lee Curtis. Anyway. <laughs> what, Jamie, the Oscars got it wrong? She did okay. She's barely in. She's not. Not that pretty she, major. She's role. a pretty major role, but I don't. know. Yeah. she was. She wasn't the best supporting actress of the year. That's I
1: amazing. haven't seen women talking, but I, I thought Jamie Lee Curtis did a pretty good job. Okay.
0: Well, anyway, I think she got a pity Oscar. That's one of my. Be- <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my, I my think biggest so too. on Twitter, Jamie. I've heard you're great. I've heard you're a wonderful <laughs> person. Katie. I think you got a pity Oscar.
1: <laughs> I think you did wow. good, Jamie. I think.
0: Um, but I, I do, in all honesty, my final thoughts are I think everything, all, everywhere all at once deserved praise, deserve this the recognition. I think it is a wonderfully written
1: movie. Not as good as Banshees of any I agree with that, actually. I don't think it's as good as Banshees
0: of any mm-hmm. But I think it is worthy of an Oscar. I think it's... An Oscar. Um, I think it's a wonderful metaphor for that relational... Differences, the generational differences, as well as kind of relationship discussions and problems.
1: Um, also, a very representative film. Very representative film. Oh, yeah. Yep.
0: And Kehu K- oh. K- Kwan. Kehu f- Kwan slaps.
1: He, now he earned it. He earned it. I'm so, earned so glad he came out of retirement <laughs> for this oh, one. So awesome, dude. He was great. Oh. And I mean, he played like nine people in this.
0: Movie. I also love, too, how his character is his character is reason like he's in the metaphor you have the the two people of the argument who are like absurd in their beliefs of like we don't understand each other hey kwan plays reason he plays yeah. like none of this matters <laughs> all of it matters is that we love each other and like Why can't you get that? And I really liked that.
1: It all comes down to that line. That one line he delivers. uh, That's pretty much his whole character. Mm -hmm. It's just in another universe. And that was the best line in the whole movie. Like, hands down. In another universe, I would have loved just doing laundry and taxes with you. (laughs) (laughs) If that's not love, then I don't know what it is. I
0: don't know what it is. My God.
1: So good. What did you guys think? You hated the rock scene, Colin. of course, hated rock yeah, scene. Colin, of course he did.
2: About... Well, all these guys are stupid, and uh, you should read my blog that I oh don't have. God. saying how oh, This film is everything wrong with modern-day Hollywood. This no, film I... is?
1: Okay, <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah.
2: For me, no, this this film is really good, but the only thing, the biggest criticism is of like, you know, it's it's like when someone does a really good job, but then they still get a bad grade on the paper because they read the wrong week that it was due, and so it was on the wrong topic. The villain in this is the everything bagel. Like, the superpower of the villain is an everything bagel. That's hilarious. In an Oscar award winning best motion picture of the year.
1: Yeah!
0: <laughs> Yeah. it's fantastic yeah <laughs> it's a black hole colin and and everything's you
3: know? it's a yeah. black hole well, kind of colin maybe you don't get that
2: maybe you should read oh, it i, didn't, I didn't get That's it The film cool. was so awesomely philosophical it was so weighty and it's emotionally capturing production that i just missed the bottom point <laughs> that supports this whole thing you're no, saying that no in a sarcastic
3: voice thing. but yes that's right but i mean yeah that's what happened
1: <laughs> Hot Hot dog dog
2: hey, you don't like i just want to know why you don't like roxy no, no 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 here's the thing okay here's my real thoughts uh so hold on, so, on
1: record is none of those previous thoughts were your real thoughts uh
2: it's more complicated than that. Obviously <laughs> it's too too deep for you.
1: Oh, uh, I'll like read oh, oh,
2: yeah. the, the blog
3: and okay. read the blog.
2: Okay. In, in. So Shakespeare back in the day. Oh boy. Yeah, Shakespeare ended his career by writing tragic comedies. He tried to fuse the two really all of that stuff. Everything that he wrote was either a tragedy or a comedy. And that goes all the way back to the ancient Greeks. And no one remembers his later plays, uh, which were tragic comedies, where he tried to combine the two because they just didn't work. They fell so flat. And like, you know, anyway, I don't want to get into it. But the same thing is in this film where I when I watched it, I felt that there was a lot of comedy that was hilarious. And there was a lot of fantastic acting with deep, um, profound, uh levels of emotion and relationship between these characters um and you can't have both in the way that this film had and still have it stand up as like a masterpiece story to storyline so in other words like the really the it's like you need stakes you need things to have importance and you can't have importance if the main disaster that the villain is using to threaten all life across the multiverse is an everything bagel (laughs) or you want to display like there's uh you're displaying how various all of these multiverses are by having hot dog fingers where she's the main character is uh now a um Lesbian with Jamie Lee Curtis and they have hot dog fingers and sometimes they explode with ketchup and mustard on each other. Or you have a raccoon that is controlling a guy, which is clearly Ratatouille. And then right after that, you have the moment where, like, raccoonie. And then right after that is the moment where you have this, you know, beautiful scene where they're professing their love for one another and how they would do anything for one another. And it doesn't matter if this is throwing everything off. So, like, there's just no stakes. It's like, Nothing, you know, you're saying the point that nothing matters, which is why everything matters to you personally, but I think nihilism is a stupid freshman philosophy cop-out, and really, you know, if you have a reason to get out of bed in the morning, you're not a nihilist, because you have these things that you care about, you don't want your family murdered by certain people, that means you have a value system. This film has a lot of points that are made, but it very much undermines those very points, and and a lot of it, and it can't really decide. Like it's very much a film that is tragedy and comedy squished together, unclear as to where we're supposed to rate those or how, and and everything else. So I was very torn.
0: There's where I would disagree with you, though, and I I, I again yeah, can't help but bring in the religious the religious studies views of this. Of like, I think again I compare it to Mahayana Buddhism, is that it's not that that the pointlessness of not the pointlessness it's not that the like um the end being suffering like the world being suffering and and tragedy is the point that's not like i think the everything bagel is actually a threatening villain because they're trying she's trying to move the whole world towards that to say like This is reality. Reality is suffering and pointlessness. We're going to go and just embrace that and be done. That's nihilism. Mahayana Buddhism says, yes, life is suffering and that's the cycle that you're in. But your whole purpose in life is to break out of it. That's where Buddhism is like Buddhism's whole point. That's the goal is that the world you live in is a world of suffering and consistent sorrow break out of it and achieve something higher and i think that's what the 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 daniels are getting at is like the villain is that endless suffering that everything bagel that black hole and through love and through service to one another they actually move away from that and find purpose in the suffering which is the world because it never says that that the everything bagel isn't built of real reality
2: like i mean you have to invoke mahayana buddhism in order to make this film make sense but the film doesn't have anything that is to go ahead and disagree with both of you (gasps) but more importantly here's the thing i think the film the film is not uh not necessarily buddhist it's much more absurdist
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah,
2: it's definitely absurd and I'll
3: tell you exactly why I disagree with both of you not necessarily on the philosophy I'm sure you're perfectly correct I don't think you need it as a lens through which to view this movie and I don't think that the Everything Bagel is really the uh, villain antagonist sort of thing because the Everything Bagel as as it sits in the film Seems to be uh well, it's it is the concept of like giving into the nihilism, the depression and stuff, and it is the threat of suicide, which is what the mother is fighting so hard to prevent with her daughter. Yeah, you know, strip mm-hmm. everything away that's just exactly how it plays out you see it in the beginning of the movie you know with the interactions with the parents and and the grandpa and and stuff and and uh, and joy she she says to her girlfriend that like she just kind of wants the die and it's played off like like she's kind of not being serious, but that's then what the entire movie is about, where everything's just way too much and she's just being swallowed by just everything everywhere Existing. all at once. <laughs> Existing is just <laughs> way too much. And yeah, so that's that's where I'm at. It makes it a very compelling movie.
0: No, and I would agree with you. I agree with that. I think the point that I was going to make is that through the lens of Mahayana Buddhism, I I have a different appreciation for this movie, but I think art is a way for those deep philosophical things to be expressed in a much more digestible way, and I think that's what this movie does. You don't have to know that it's related to those concepts that I think it's related to to understand... Hmm. that it's about the don't give in to the infinite suffering of the world because it's too much (laughs) and if you think about it too hard it really does consume you and that's like kind of the heart of a lot of buddhist belief i don't believe that
1: way but you know i don't i don't know my buddhism at all i don't know a lot of philosophy frankly um but One quote I always come back to is because, you know, partly because it's from my favorite storyteller, but I also just think it's very true. It's, uh, there is one story at the end of the day, largely, and that's the human heart at war with itself. That's a quote from George Martin. Um, And he says, everything else is just furniture, referring to genre, referring to setting, referring to characters, referring to everything. But at the end of the day, like, the human heart at war with itself is a story we all end up relating to on some level or another. Like, Jeremy related to it on one way, Dawn related to it on one way, Travis on one way, me on another way. And I just think that's so true, and I think this movie is a great uh, example of that. Because what I saw in it, I actually, I'm going to be honest, I barely noticed the suicide thing, and they kind of played it that way. Like, And uh, honestly, now that you say that, I remember it, and I find it kind of genius because... Um, That is kind of how suicide goes if you uh, aren't a person that's really close to the person who happens to commit suicide, which, you know, probably everybody on this podcast has been in some in some way or another, um, then you don't even see it, you know, and uh, in, in a lot of ways, that's really interesting. And I think.
2: Yeah, I think that that this film is very good. And it especially in terms of acting and in terms of editing, you know, the the um, what was it? There was a video that I watched that was this guy talking about how um, the um, Bohemian Rhapsody film got a pity no, Oscar that, for editing no, no. and he he tore into that how wasn't that even, the editing was in that film, it wasn't even a pity Oscar, that was just. It's yeah. like they had to give it an Oscar, so they gave it the editing one. No. It makes no sense. <laughs> and this film, what's incredible is that they take an absurdist story yeah. with absurdism heart and center, Al- Al- you know, Camus style um, absurdism, and they edit it so it works. Because trying to make a story that makes sense but the point of it, overarchingly, is chaos is super hard. And they, I think they fantastically pulled it off, making that fir- middle section of the film, like jumping between all of those... Um, first part is everything, second part is everywhere. And in everywhere, they use all the stuff from the previous part and it would make no sense if you hadn't got the first part. So v- mm-hmm. very much the storyline and the editing of the film all make sense, which is so important for a good storyline. Um, well, I, well, I, I think uh, I, one more thing, which is yeah. that the it uh, her name is Joy, and there is a very heart and center suicide uh, portion of the story. And I just feel like the absurdist comedy of it just took it too much away from that heart and soul that's at the center of like, here's the meaningful message that's pushing this, that's driving this story. And the character who is struggling with suicide isn't the main character.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I I feel like she should have been.
1: I have a major problem with saying comedy detracts from tragedy. It certainly does not. Good comedy be amongst the most tragic medium of all time, um, but but hot dog fingers,
2: hot dog fingers.
1: You're, to focus tra- too you're focusing too much. You're focusing too much on It's absurd. And honestly. The thing about the end of that movie is they all come to the same realization at the same time across all the universes, and that love means the same thing in every universe, and that's kind of an important point of the film. <laughs> regardless of hot dogs, like that's just like getting over being gay, dude. I agree. like get over it, I like I
2: get, I get Andrew over the hot dog hands because like, it takes away from all that. Love
3: is love, hot dog fingers, and. The point is no. that it's too much, and it like kind of breaks her brain when she encounters like, hot- oh no, like this. Yeah, that
2: tell- they can. I'm gonna go in and I'll cut out all the hot dog finger stuff, and the movie will be a lot better for me. <laughs>
1: For uh, you, man. I, I mean, wow. That's a cheaper.
3: You you need it to be in there. That it'll be better for you personally.
1: Nobody can argue with that. Only Colin can make that decision and that's his <laughs> Wow. But I I do uh I it was a great point what you made uh there, Jeremy. I just wanted to agree with you on that. Uh and mm. again and like I was saying, um the story i saw more above even the suicide angle which that the suicide angle was a big part of this story but was the mother and daughter just trying to understand each other at the mm-hmm. end of the day like that was the story that stood out the most to me i guess mm-hmm. and i just think it's interesting uh the different parts of the story to stand out to different people and that kind of uh reinforces is your point um of like whoever's watching the movie that's that's the story that's going to come out and a good movie can be a good movie to a million people you know and so on that basis like uh, and and it can be seen as a good movie through a lot of different uh lenses and i think that movie this movie accomplished that in well, a pretty profound way
0: i think that's exactly what what speaks to it being an academy award winner And where I think it deserves it, though I will agree with you, I don't think it was the best one on the docket, but is that pretentious quote that still is used throughout all of like literature and stories is, does it say something about the human condition? And I think our entire conversation has proved, yes, (laughs) it resoundingly says something about the human condition and in, in a very unique way. And that's hard to do. Also, one last point that's maybe dumb to end on, but um, good. is that in the same year that Marvel tried to do a multiverse movie, this movie did it on a smaller scale and did it a million times better. And I really appreciate well, that. Marvel sucks. Well, that's I don't agree with that. Yeah, I, I don't Marvel, agree with that either. I think, I think so. Marvel does some things good, but they didn't even come. They're trying to launch their whole multiverse project and an indie movie from A24
1: was like... Is it take A24 a C four still indie? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. A twenty four is huge to us.
0: to, to us. World, I'm telling you right they now. They
1: made so many movies.
0: They are like, not blockbuster. Like 100%. everything at percent. was popular is not a blockbuster. It is an indie film.
3: Like wow. this movie only got made because it was funded by uh, the Russos,
0: after it also they did didn't... Infinity War and stuff it also did <laughs> not make a ton of money relatively like yeah, guess, that's guess, where yeah. i'm saying like we know a lot of these films from a24 because we study this shit, but like it's still
1: indie i don't know i think most people know a lot of movies from a24
2: a24 is huge
0: mm, I, I i would argue against that. i think they I
2: mean, know they know like i mean it's not it's not warner brothers it's not you know, Disney, it's not MGM. I'd call it indie like it's this is at so your local film crazy. fest.
3: It's movie snobs who know. The Big ones, so No, I mean, so.
0: that I doubt anyone. Not very many people have seen the whale. Yeah. Do you think so? I haven't seen the whale. No one I know. Has I heard, seen heard of it by. just now.
1: You just heard of it. Yeah. For <laughs> <you're an> it. <impression laughs> well, isn't that lovely? It is. Good for him. Go <laughs> 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 But it made a flash. Still indie. Still indie. Yeah. I did. The witch was A twenty four. It's not
0: a ton of people.
1: I've seen The Witch. Really? Less than you'd think. Yeah, I guess I'm a horror junkie, so
0: exactly. We <laughs> we watch
1: these things. A twenty-four has made a million movies. They're all really good. It was Very good, but yeah. they're not watched a lot.
2: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. So there you go.
2: Debate in the comments.
0: <laughs> have you watched... Do you think A24
1: is indie? That's yeah, the, is it that's A24 indie? Because look... Pedro, there's no. like, How big do you have to get before you're not indie anymore? You know? That's a good question. Yeah. That is a good question. And A24 is on that bubble. I would say A24, if anybody, is where the bubble is. <laughs> yeah, because, like, if you are still indie and you're A24, then you're going to be indie for a long time. A24. a made a lot of movies.
0: A24 is yeah, the big the
2: line. If you. Yeah, I went to their website and they're like, hey, our, here's A24 our 24 percent. upcoming movies. Huh? What I what went to saying? their website and it was like, here's the upcoming 12 films that we have. Dude, they make oh. so many movies. They made like, like, they're like, they're, they're movie. making, like, a film a month. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they do that, and they've been doing that since, like, 2012, if not longer.
0: That doesn't mean they're not indie.
1: No, but I don't know. There's a certain level. Yeah, but, like, what is indie then? Like, are you just not indie if you're Warner Brothers or, like, the three production companies, like, in in book publishing? Like, if you're not Simon & Schuster, Penguin Random House, or Macmillan, then you're indie? No,
0: basically.
1: If you're not not a book publishing... If you're
0: not a blockbuster, huge, make the millions, like people are going every weekend. If you're not
3: like with Warner Brothers, Disney, or Paramount, or whatever, then yeah,
1: you are indie. Mm -hmm. I guess so. A24 is pushing it. You tell us in the comments. Is (laughs) A24 still indie in your opinion? I don't really, I don't know. I guess, I'd like to think they are, you know, they're repping the indie scene. Super good, if they are. Good for them they have high standards they have a ton of money too yeah, and they have standards major a lot partnerships of yeah, like high standards yeah i guess when i think of indie, sometimes i'm thinking like there's also like a money barrier before you're basically one of the big studios too yeah. like a24 to me is basically one of the big studios
0: they're the big studio for like
1: the Like if little my guy. Mo- if I wrote a movie and A twenty four picked it up, I'd be like, I made it They're to the big time. They're the big I made it to A twenty four. They're the, they're like, the big, Let's Go. They're That's the big
0: They're the big studio for the little guy. Because they have high standards for quality. Yeah. They're not gonna take a Transformers 5. No. no. <laughs> <laughs>
3: let's none of us take that.
1: Just because they won't do they're selected. Just for the p- just for pure money they won't do a movie that makes them indie like are they not still a mega studio
0: in the conversation that makes them more indie whether or not that's Definition
1: wise. indie indie just means independent. I and know that, I I know, still, but I'm just saying at what point do they become I one think of the major boss studios? The <laughs> I don't think we have. At no, what I, point do they become I think, think we've lost what you're stupid?
2: Stupid argument land at this We're point.
1: Tangenting. You're stupid, Colin. We're in a
0: different universe. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. Anyway,
1: how many beers? Oh yeah. Mm. Colin. How many beers? You're not stupid, Colin. No, I Four. don't work. Four? Why? That's not very Four. many.
2: Because you need one for everything, one for every, everything, one for everything, one for everywhere, and two for all at once. I think you you sold my rating. I was gonna say
0: three: one for everything, one for everywhere, and one for all at once.
3: So yeah, like you drink them at that time, like yeah. So you just, one per art. one. One at the beginning, one in the middle, and two right when the credits roll?
2: <laughs>
3: That's the irony of it.
2: Huh. Okay. Would you call that absurdist?
3: I'd call that a, <laughs> I'd call that a bad plan. Oh, wait, Drop the wait. headphones. Drop the mic and the yeah, yeah, yeah. headphones. <laughs> yeah, on you once. dropped the headphones when I said this, but no, i just I'm call that a Mike. bad plan. <laughs> Jeremy, what's your rating? I would say... I would do... I, I would crack one open and just
0: enjoy. Because.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah. You know, wrap. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you heard mine. Mine Collins basically but
1: so with minus one beer. I think you need like five, five. And I think you need like one. You're going to crack one at the start. You're going to be watching this laundromat scene and you're going to be like, OK, this is a nice little slice of life. And then you're going to start getting to confetti cops and dildos and butt plug nominations and uh, all the absurd shit, and you're just going to start slugging them back. And that's that's, that's what three?
0: I did. No, I'm slugging them back. I know that's one, but you said five, so that's one and then
1: three and then one is what you're saying, or no? I'm saying one and then four. <laughs> just, <like laughs> <It's refreshing. laughs> just so you can ride the absurdism. Um, and then, by the time you get to the final dialogue between the mother and the daughter, crying. you'll be ready to cry. Your yeah, you'll
3: be fully prepared for the crying you're going.
1: Yeah, you'll to be do. crying straight beer back into the bottle, <laughs> and then you can drink it one more again for all at once.
0: You'll be a That's '70s wonderful. country artist crying in this beer. <laughs> there was
2: there was a moment where she kept flipping back before the between all the multiverses, and I was like, I wonder if this is what having ADHD kind of feels like
3: it's not in it's not unlike that
2: i, I, I way like a few times i was like man this is the adhd play. kind of movie
0: one of the most genius villain introductions i've seen in a long time is when like you see the back of her head and there's the people tied up and they're bleeding and then like she does the tick 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 and it's like i mean like
1: changing color yeah
2: a lot of this film lends itself to great acting you know like one I mean a bunch of characters a bunch of actors have to play multiple characters and just do it physically no CG
1: and a lot of the editing was amazing like uh, just lots of details like I noticed in that that scene you're talking about like all her fingernails are changing color the whole time it was really really interesting yeah it was fun to watch all uh, right, yeah, there we go.
0: This has been Ferment Fiction, and and boy howdy, did
3: we ferment that
0: in the make comments. Sense. Please make tell sure me to wear two headsets.
1: Or is indie, yeah, is a24 still indie, or has it just become one of the big guys? Yeah, Pedro, Maybe let us month. know.
3: I know we haven't talked too much this in
1: episode, but Pedro, let us know. Pedro, I'm sure you got opinions on this. Yeah, has Pedro been in an a24 movie? I don't yes. know, yes. Probably because they're like, so big. Uh.
2: They can't afford them anymore. Because they're, they're too indie. indie? <laughs> <Just> <laughs>
1: <shut up. laughs> All right, that's good. Hang it so up, good. Jeremy. All right, goodbye, okay. everybody. We're hanging it up.